and welcome to On Focus, brought to you by the Focal Therapy Clinic. My name is Claire Delmar, and in this audio series, I'm going to introduce you to some issues facing men diagnosed with prostate cancer that are little known, less understood, and almost never talked about. Earlier this year, prostate cancer was acknowledged as the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the UK. And with this somber fact comes a multitude of challenges and opportunities. In the eighth of our series, I'm speaking with Jackie Rubin, whose husband Barry was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2019. Jackie climbed a steep learning curve in supporting and guiding Barry's journey through diagnostic and treatment decisions, and is becoming an advocate for men and women accessing second opinions and full information on treatment options. Jackie, welcome to On Focus, and thanks so much for joining me. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. And especially in this heat, I know we're um, speaking in both in London and it's um, unusually hot, I think. It is, it is unbearable. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. And um, I wanted to just let our listeners know that you and I have already met and I'm going to refer to that uh, a little bit later because we did a wonderful video of you and Barry. And I wanted to pick up on that point um, as we begin um, our conversation by just mentioning that when we met at the end of 2019, things were just settling down, I think, for you and Barry after his diagnosis and treatment. So how are you doing now? Oh, absolutely brilliant. Um, no side effects, absolutely nothing, absolutely back to normal. That's so yeah. good to hear. We can't believe it because um, having spoken to so many other friends um, who've had it and who are still suffering side effects, Barry has nothing and we're just so grateful. So uh, again, I should let our listeners know that Barry had HIFU treatment with um, one of the focal therapy clinics uh, leading urologist, Raj Negam. And that's really good to hear about um, such positive progress. It is brilliant. I, I just can't speak enough highly. Well, if I can just kind of change the tone a little bit, because, you know, coming from this, this high, which we'll come back to um, about how you're feeling now, can you talk a little bit about what went through your head when Barry was first diagnosed? When he was first diagnosed, it was, oh, no, another cancer. How long have we got left? Okay, so he, Barry had previously had cancer. But Barry's had cancer, a stem cell transplant. Oh, wow, okay. We've been through plenty. And I've had cancer myself, so within our family, we've been through a lot. And this was just like another knock on the head. It really brought us down. Um, Barry became terribly depressed. Um, we really, we didn't know which way to turn, but obviously we had to deal with it. Um, our first appointment, of course, we didn't know, but was with the doctor who then told us because of the blood test. And then we found a specialist initially and everything was taking too long. We had to wait for an appointment, then we had to have a test, then wait for another appointment, then have another test. And Barry was getting more and more uptight with all so this. So give me an idea of how um, the length of time you're, you're describing. We were well over a month, six weeks before we had the final proper diagnosis. We knew it was there, but before we had the proper diagnosis. And this is not the way we do things. We find out something and we're treating it. We don't like waiting. He had a test and then we had to wait for our appointment with the specialist for him to tell us the result of that test. Then he was going to do the next test, which we had to wait for. Then we had to, and this was private as well. And then oh. we had to go back and wait for the next appointment we had with him when he'd had the results. And that's why it took so long. 
And that was just causing lots of, lots of anxiety? Terrible, terrible anxiety. In, in fact, just to interject here on something else, after Barry had been treated for the prostate cancer, um, early this year, he was diagnosed with um, Graves' disease, um, an overactive thyroid. And um, it's being treated, but he was told it was probably caused by a trauma. And we believe that was the trauma that caused this other problem. Oh, gosh. Wow. And you think that could have been avoided? I think that's what we kind of want to get into. Which actually leads me to something else that struck me when we met, which was that you are clearly a real fighter and you know, facing some tough challenges, which you overcame with incredible determination, in, in, my, in my view. Um, can you tell me more about that? Well, I, I suppose... I was very young when I was diagnosed with cancer and I had to have chemotherapy and I'm living to tell the tale. Mine was over, well over, I think about 33 years ago now. Well, congratulations. Thank you. We then lost a child to diabetes. She was 21. So we had to overcome that. And you don't overcome that, but you have Mm. to learn to live with it. And each of these things, I believe, make you very strong because when you've lived through something and you've had to overcome it because you have no choice, Mm -hmm. I believe it just makes you stronger for the next thing you come up against. But you do think that you've had enough and you shouldn't be getting any more. So what were some of the particular challenges, Barry's diagnosis, that really, you know, forced you to call on that strength? Well, I just felt we just can't go through something else like this. We had friends who'd had treatments. I remember one friend who was having the hormone treatment and that had just been a couple of years before. So I remember vividly his hot flushes and being just, I can't say unwell, but not comfortable all the Mm -hmm. time. Barry just had had so much treatment and he didn't want to be facing more and more and more treatment. So we were in awe of all this, we just didn't know which way to turn initially. Mm-hmm. And when we were faced with the treatments he could have, we were never told about HIFU. I found it by sheer determination mm-hmm. and research. And that's how I overcome all the things that we have to do is by research. Thank goodness for the internet. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, being very, very impressed with your doggedness on, on that front. I'm, you know, one of the things that I do remember you saying from some of your initial consultations, um, and you spoke very poignantly about this, which was the, the whole idea about your age and Barry's age and how you felt age. that your initial engagement with the doctors made you feel old. I think you said irrelevant and unimportant. Do you feel this is a problem for lots of people? It is. And I've discussed it with other friends also who mm-hmm. have been in the same position. And we all feel, because we're all the same age, and we all feel the same that once you've reached that seven zero, mm-hmm. that's your life. That's your three score years and 10. And anything over that, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. But we don't feel we're old. We feel we're very young. Mm-hmm. And we feel we've got a lot of life left in us. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be cast off with, well, you're not going to die of prostate cancer. You'll die of something else. Yeah. This would be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you felt that that was sort of a, a prevalent attitude that was difficult to get away from? Absolutely, really. I even know from when Barry um, had his past problem with cancer, he had amyloidosis, myeloma amyloidosis, which is quite rare, 
but it affected his heart. Mm -hmm. And when I asked if he could have a heart transplant, I was told, you can't get one if you're over 70. That was here in the UK? That was here in the UK, whereas I know in the States, they'll do it at 90. Mm -hmm. We've come across it before. This wasn't just with the prostate. This is how you're looked at when you're 70 years old, that, well, you've had a good life and that's it. And that's um, irrespective of, as you said, you know, your health itself, but also your attitude towards life and, and everything. You feel that it's just a, a very blanket cutoff. Yes. Yeah, I think that really is something that I'm, I'm hearing more and more. And um, it's interesting to get your perspective. Did, did you yourself feel that way? I mean, I, I know you've, you felt that way on behalf of Barry, but did you yourself feel that you were treated as slightly irrelevant? Mm -hmm. Yes, we're a pair, we're a couple. You know, we've, we've been together a long time. And mm -hmm. what affects him and his mood or his aura or whatever is going to affect me too. Of course. Thinking about some, another aspect of, of all this, how about the presentation um, enabling you to understand the side effects of the various treatments that Barry was potentially having to consider, and in, in particular, sexual function, because this is often something that you know, people, particularly British people, don't like to talk about. No. Um, you know, was this openly discussed, or did you feel it was hidden away? It was and... openly discussed, okay. but that wasn't the biggest thing for us because Barry um, had had a problem because of having had so much chemotherapy. Okay. So that wasn't forefront for us because there was already an underlying problem. Okay. But for us, um, one of the biggest problems was the bladder and that part of it. I think Barry would have been absolutely mortified if he didn't have bladder control, mm -hmm. which... I can thankfully say he has. And did you feel that you were, you know, sort of advised of that? Or was that because of your own dogged research? I, looked, I had looked everything up. I knew the side effects to everything that was going. Mm -hmm. Apart from the focal therapy, because at the time he was diagnosed, I didn't know about the focal mm. therapy. So when I was told, I, I really already knew because that's me. I like to know what I'm in, in for. So, I mean, often focal therapy is, Two points on that. One is that often um, people don't hear about it unless they go, you know, looking for these these other options, as you did so diligently. And and two, you know, one of its main features um, is that the side effects, as in bladder control and, and sexual function, are reduced or non-existent. Um, and that sounds really wonderful yes. that, that this has been a success with for Barry. When we saw Dr. Nigam for the first time, obviously he explained all these uh, side effects to us. But he gave us such confidence and we were so excited to be able to have this treatment. Um, and then when Dr. Nigam some, saw some of the MRI results, we had a call to say he might not be suitable for the treatment. Well, we were devastated. This was because of the position of Barry's cancer within the prostate. Mm -hmm. And he spoke to somebody he said was the the be-all and end-all of reading MRIs and he spoke with her and they uh -huh. said they would manage to do it and we heaved a sigh of relief because once we met him that's all we wanted to do there was no thought of going any other route whatsoever and you felt that Raj was um, particularly sensitive to to both of your situations and and was helpful in explaining pretty much everything you you needed and wanted to know absolutely mm. I, I felt as though I'd known him Always. I think with Raj, you know, he's, he's um, exceptional because he's also an andrologist. 
Um, and I think he really believes in, you know, the sort of whole man, whole person approach. And so it's not just, um, you know, a particular function or um, obviously the, the, the highest priority is to, to manage the cancer, but he's, he very much recognizes a whole array of other issues that are affecting the person. So it sounds like you really benefited from that in your engagement with him. To go back to the age thing a little, the first mm-hmm. thing we were being advised to do was nothing. You don't really have to have any of the treatments because you're over 70, you're not going to die of this, you'll die of something else. That was the first way we were told, really. Well, that was active surveillance that you were being advised to undertake. Yes, just, just watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I felt... I didn't know if that had come in a week or 10 years. How do we know how long it had been there? Mm-hmm. So it, if it had only, if it had come in a short time and grown very fast, it could continue to grow fast and then it's too late to do anything. Mm. When, when you were um, discussing active surveillance with um, the initial consultant, did you get an understanding of, of how this active surveillance would be managed? You know, would there be regular tests, whether they were PSA yes. tests or yes, imaging or... A regular blood test, yeah. um, regular MRI. I think that was it. Okay. And, and how did you both feel about that? Well, I, I wanted to get it gone. Yeah. I wanted to get rid of it. I didn't, didn't want it sitting there. Mm-hmm. It, it's a cancer. Cancers grow and you get them out of your body. Mm-hmm. You know, I, know, I know when you met Raj Nigam, you felt that he was very supportive. Did, did you feel prior to that that there was support there for you during this process? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. I was recommended to the um, prior specialist by uh, a very, very close female friend of mine who was undergoing, at the same time, bladder t- cancer. Mm-hmm. And she spoke very highly of the specialist. She thought he was wonderful. He was doing everything for her, and she thought he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't have that feeling. Okay, okay. So how would you advise women going through what you went through now, Jackie? I would tell them to research and research until they find the haifu and hope that they were a candidate for it like Barry was. Well, I must say you are an incredibly positive person and um, it's just so impressive and and, and so wonderful to, to hear what you have to say. I really want to thank you for joining me and sharing those insights. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, and I really wish you all the best um, in the next stages of your journey. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I just don't want other people to have to go through what we went through. Absolutely. A link to our video, Barry and Jackie's story, is available in the program notes to this interview on our website, www.thefocaltherapyclinic.co.uk where you can access additional interviews with patients and clinicians about their experiences with prostate cancer. That's it from me, Claire Delmar. Thanks for listening and see you next time.